Hello and welcome to the Tech Dispute Network's Need to Know Basis podcast series, which offers a convenient way of getting on top of the most important new developments and cases involving issues with a technology angle via short podcasts of approximately 15 minutes, presented by the leading experts in the field. These podcasts offer succinct summaries of the key points to note on the topics we all need to know about in a way that takes up as little of your time as possible. This podcast series is brought to you by the Tech Disputes Network, which is a London-based forum for those engaged with contentious technology issues. My name is Sam, and I am one of the founders of the TDN, which I encourage you to join by registering at disputes.tech to receive information about our upcoming events and initiatives, which are all free of charge. This podcast concerns data privacy. Data, in the 21st century, has been described as the new oil. It's immensely powerful to those who collect it, but can be immensely damaging to individuals when it's misused. Handing over our personal data online is something many of us have come to see as the quid pro quo of benefiting from web-based services, and many businesses rely on being able to transfer our data overseas in order to provide their services to us. In this podcast, we're joined by Paul Schwartfeger, a pupil barrister at the 36 Group, who will be looking at the implications for international data transfers of the recent CJEU decision in the well-known case Schrems. Paul is a domain expert on emerging technologies and has a particular interest in the interplay between technology and rights. He writes and advises businesses on various solutions in this space, including blockchain, crypto, biometrics, AI, and the Internet of Things. Before coming to the bar, Paul was a business and technology consultant, and he spent some 15 years helping clients to harness technology to develop business opportunities, cost-saving measures, and new revenue streams. First at one of the world's leading management consultancies, and then at a specialist technology and design practice in which he was a founding partner. Hello, and thank you for joining me for this discussion about technology, privacy, and the impact of the case of Schrems No. 2 on data transfers to the U.S., As many of you will have directly observed, technology has facilitated many changes to our daily lives of late. As a result of coronavirus, many more of us now work from home using online video conferencing services. Ever greater numbers of us now regularly order our groceries online too, and in some countries, contact tracing apps now monitor individuals' daily movements. The utility of many of these solutions depends on one thing in particular, data, and very often that's the personal data of the users of the solution. For example, your attendance in a virtual team meeting, what brand of soap you buy, or who you encounter on your journey to work each day. And whenever personal data is involved, concerns about privacy often follow. News headlines of late about the UK's contact tracing app, Zoom's video conferencing services, and Babylon Health's GP video appointment app have all sharpened our focus on the relationship between data and privacy during these unusual times. But away from all these headlines, the European Court of Justice, or ECJ, has also been deliberating data privacy issues, specifically the fate of a key agreement that was designed to provide privacy protections to European Union citizens when their personal data was transferred from organisations in the EU to organisations in the US, the EU-US Privacy Shield. In its judgment of 16th July 2020, the ECJ struck down the Privacy Shield, It did so, having determined that the agreement could not provide an adequate level of protection to EU citizens' personal data given the requirements of US law. This podcast provides an overview of the court's decision and the impact of its ruling, but first, let's run through some of the key mechanisms in place to protect EU citizens' privacy and personal data. The starting point for this discussion is the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the European Union. Article 7 of the Charter provides that everyone has the right to respect for his or her private and family life, home and communications. 
In accordance with Article 52, Paragraph 3 of the Charter, the meaning and scope of this right are the same as those of the corresponding article in the European Convention on Human Rights, that being Article 8 of the Convention, which provides that everyone has the right to respect for his private and family life, his home and his correspondence. The term communications is used in the Charter, though, instead of the word correspondence, to take account of developments in technology. So, under Article 7 of the Charter, there is a right to live your life privately, free from interference with your personal information or communications, much as per Article 8 of the Convention. The right to data protection has also been established as within the scope of Article 8 of the Convention. However, the Charter of Fundamental Rights makes the right of data protection express. Article 8 of the Charter expressly states that everyone has the right to the protection of personal data concerning him or her. It also states that such data must be processed fairly for specified purposes and on the basis of the consent of the person concerned or some other legitimate basis laid down by law. The Charter also guarantees everyone the right of access to data which has been collected concerning him or her, and the right to have it rectified. As the title of the Charter suggests, the rights enshrined within it are fundamental. As such, and as Article 52 of the Charter makes clear, any limitation on the exercise of the rights and freedoms must be provided for by law, respect the essence of those rights and freedoms, and is subject to the principle of proportionality. Proportionality is a key principle of EU law generally, and it is a key principle specifically when it comes to the imposition of any limitations on the rights and freedoms enshrined in the Charter of Fundamental Rights. The final article of interest from the Charter in this matter is Article 47, which states that any person whose rights and freedoms are violated has the right to an effective remedy. The data rights afforded by the European Charter of Fundamental Rights are reflected in the key regulation governing data protection and privacy in the European Union and the European Economic Area, the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. In the United Kingdom, the GDPR is implemented by the Data Protection Act 2018. The UK government has also incorporated the GDPR into the UK's domestic law under Section 3 of the European Union Withdrawal Act 2018. This means that data protection law in the UK will remain aligned with the GDPR, and the observations made in this podcast will apply, even after the transitional period of the UK's withdrawal from the EU ends. In other words, the obligations imposed by the GDPR on UK businesses are here to stay. The GDPR is technically complex in places, but the essence of the regulations that are important to this discussion can be summarised in the following two points. Firstly, the processing of all personal data, wholly or partly by automated means, is subject to the GDPR. Personal data that will form part of a manual filing system is also governed by the GDPR. Under the GDPR, personal data has a very broad definition. It is any information relating to an identified or identifiable natural person. So it would generally exclude anonymized data, but it will include any data about or relating to a person if it can be traced back to them. Processing also has a very broad definition under the GDPR, and it includes such operations as collecting, recording, storing, retrieving, using, transmitting, and erasing data. So when an organization processes data relating to a European Union citizen, this is all subject to the GDPR. The second point of note is that the transfer of personal data to a country outside the EU or the EEA for processing, so-called third countries, is only lawful if the GDPR's conditions for transfers are met. Countless companies will want or need to transfer the personal data of European citizens outside of the EU in order to provide their services. That may be because the company receiving the data outside of the EU has an active role in manipulating or interpreting that data, or it may be because a company's web servers or hosts or their cloud computing providers are based outside the EU. Indeed, many of the big tech companies are. In any event, 
when the personal data of an EU citizen is uploaded or transferred to servers or systems outside of the EU, a transfer to a third country occurs. The GDPR's conditions for transfers to third countries are set out in Chapter 5 of the regulation. Broadly speaking, for personal data transfers to a third country to be lawful, they must be based on one of three options. The first option is an adequacy decision of the European Commission under Article 45. These are decisions by the Commission which confirm that there is an adequate level of protection of personal data within the country or organisation that the data is to be exported to. The Commission has recognised that several countries, including Canada, Japan and New Zealand, provide adequate protection, and it has therefore adopted adequacy decisions in respect of them. The effect of an adequacy decision is that personal data can flow from the EU to the specified third country without any further safeguard being needed. Another way in which personal data transfers to third countries can be lawful is where the data controller or processor provides appropriate safeguards as per Article 46. Those safeguards will need to ensure that enforceable rights and effective legal remedies are available for people whose data is transferred. A number of safeguards are specified in the GDPR, and these include legally binding and enforceable instruments between public authorities or bodies, as well as standard contractual clauses. The latter are standard sets of contractual terms and conditions adopted by the Commission which the sender and the receiver of personal data both sign up to. The third option for transfer is by means of a derogation. The derogations set out in Article 49 of the GDPR include where a person has freely given their explicit, specific, informed and unambiguous consent to the transfer, but they must first have been informed of the possible risks of the transfer. Derogation is also possible, for example, where a data transfer is necessary for important reasons of public interest. The bar is high for data transfers to third countries by way of a derogation, so it should be of no surprise that the first two of the options available, adequacy decisions and appropriate safeguards, are frequently used instead. And given their ready-made nature, adequacy decisions adopted by the Commission are often the easiest choice for businesses involved in third country data transfers. The EU-US Privacy Shield was one such ready-made solution, until the recent ECJ ruling. It enabled thousands of participating organisations to self-certify their adherence to principles governing their use of EU citizens' personal data. Among those organisations was Facebook Incorporated, the US parent company of Facebook Ireland Limited, and Facebook Ireland is the company of interest in the ECJ's decision regarding the Privacy Shield. The court's decision followed a complaint by Mr Maximilian Schrems concerning the transfer of his personal data by Facebook Ireland to Facebook Incorporated in the US. The matter began some years back when Mr Schrems asked the Data Protection Commissioner in Ireland to prohibit Facebook from transferring his data from Ireland to the US. He did so on the basis that the law and practice in the US did not ensure the adequate protection of his personal data. This was because of the surveillance activities that public authorities in the US were engaged in. Mr. Schrems' initial complaint was variously rejected, reinstated, and then reformulated. In his reformulated complaint, Mr. Schrems claimed that US law required Facebook Incorporated to make the personal data transferred to it available to certain US authorities, such as the NSA and the FBI. He submitted that the use of personal data in the context of various monitoring programs was incompatible with, among others, Articles 7 and 8 of the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the European Union, as were outlined earlier in this podcast. The Data Protection Commissioner's provisional view was that Mr Schrems was right, and she therefore brought an action in the High Court which referred relevant questions to the Court of Justice for a preliminary ruling. To cut a long story short, in its recent decision, the ECJ essentially agreed. The Court recognised that the reach of US data surveillance programmes, such as PRISM and Upstream, which rely on mass surveillance, went beyond targeted measures limited to what was strictly necessary. In this way, they were not proportionate, as Article 52 of the Charter requires. 
the ECJ recognised that the primacy of US national security, public interest and law enforcement requirements amounted to an interference with the fundamental rights of EU citizens whose data is transferred to the US under the Privacy Shield. Moreover, the Ombudsman mechanism in place in the US for complaints brought under the Privacy Shield was held not to ensure a level of protection essentially equivalent to that guaranteed by EU law in violation of Article 47 of the Charter. The ECJ therefore concluded that an earlier Commission decision which had validated the Privacy Shield was invalid. And just like that, the Privacy Shield relied on by thousands of companies to ensure the privacy of EU citizens when personal data is transferred from the EU to the US was invalidated. One of the tricky aspects of the ECJ's decision is its recognition of an incompatibility between EU and US law. This makes the problems with EU data transfers to the US particularly difficult to fix. Theoretically, one of them will have to give ground to the other in whatever solution is ultimately agreed. This incompatibility also highlights another risk to organisations which process EU citizens' personal data in the US, that is, that the other generally accessible option available under GDPR Chapter 5, the use of appropriate safeguards, could also be at risk of legal challenge. In Mr. Schrem's case, the ECJ upheld an earlier Commission decision that standard contractual clauses could be used by businesses as an alternative means of transferring personal data outside the EU. However, it observed that these clauses should include effective mechanisms that allow compliance with EU law to be ensured. Yet given the stated primacy of US national security and law enforcement requirements, one wonders how any standard contractual clauses could prove effective in practice in that jurisdiction. This potentially leaves those businesses using standard contractual clauses at risk of their agreements being invalidated too. The GDPR gives individuals a right to claim compensation if they suffer damage as a result of an organisation breaking data protection law, so these are very important issues. And as matters currently stand, the Privacy Shield is not a lawful means of transferring personal data from the EU to the US, and standard contractual clauses may be at risk as well. So where do we go from here? In the UK, the Information Commissioner's Office, or ICO for short, is advising businesses already using the Privacy Shield to continue doing so while it reviews its guidance, although it has warned businesses not already using the Privacy Shield not to start. How much protection this policy statement will afford a business against a claim for a breach of the GDPR is unclear. However, the statement does suggest that the ICO and other EU data protection and privacy enforcement authorities may be slow to act on certain of their enforcement duties in the near term. History also suggests this approach is likely. When the safe harbour agreement that previously governed the exchange of data between the EU and the US was invalidated by the ECJ back in 2015, privacy authorities moderated their enforcement activities then. Guidance on what approach will be taken by the ICO following the demise of the Privacy Shield will hopefully come soon, but this does not mean organisations can be complacent in the meantime. Those relying on standard contractual clauses should be thinking about whether any local laws could invalidate them, and whether they need updating to avoid compliance issues and to ensure any representations they make to customers about the data protection measures they have in place are accurate. Those relying on the Privacy Shield should also be thinking about their data transfer arrangements and the form of their agreements for transfers to third countries to avoid being called out. It may also be prudent for these companies to consider agreeing standard contractual clauses as a belt and braces response. There may also be technical solutions to the problems. Some technology vendors allow customers to choose the geographical location of their data centres, for example. It may be possible for some organisations to change their data processing procedures so that processing occurs in a jurisdiction where an adequacy decision already exists. In this way, the ramifications of the ECJ's invalidation of the privacy shield may become moot. The pandemic may be one of the drivers that has increased the adoption of certain technologies of late, 
but growth in technology has clearly been accelerating at a fierce rate for many years now. Whether all the technological changes we are experiencing at present are short-lived or permanent remains to be seen. However, what is clear from the EasyJ's decision in Schrems number 2 is that organisations that control or process personal data should now be carefully assessing their data processing procedures and agreements to establish whether any recalibration is necessary. Thank you for listening.